this week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. It's fine, you know, it's kind of funny, but really it's like, this is insane and these people are not well. Hello, and welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. And I'm Stacey Kulo. And this is a podcast where we share two of our favorite shows with each other. I'm showing Brian Gilmore Girls for the very first time. And I'm showing Stacey Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which she's never seen. We're a couple, and we're comedians, and we live in New York. And we have a cat. His name is Kurt Vonnegut. I don't know if we've ever said that. Now you know. Oof, we're getting cozy with these people. Yeah, maybe a little too cozy. Yeah, they shouldn't know our cat's name. Let us know if you want to know any other secrets. We'll probably tell you. (laughs) Uh, We don't really have filters. We do have filters on these mics, but we don't have mental filters. Yeah, and we have a filter in our air conditioning. Probably needs to be cleaned, honestly. Wow, we're really out of small talk, aren't we? We are. Honestly, I just want to keep watching. I want to binge Gilmore Girls and Buffy, but we can't because that's not how we do the podcast. Yeah, because I have to edit it and I can't just edit podcasts all the time. And we have to set up our podcasting equipment. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. You guys have no idea what goes behind the scenes. We're talking into a foam box right now. We're not even looking at each other. This is all true. We're naked. No. (laughs) No, not this time. But for one of them, no. Let us know if you can tell which one it was. I'm excited, Brian, because we started season two. I've been promised that season two of Buffy is fantastic. It is. You know, I've been looking through the Gilmore Girl episodes that are coming up, and it's pretty fantastic, too. I'm excited. I'm a little nervous I'm going to have to be editing podcasts 24-7 because we're just going to want to watch them all. Yeah, I mean, I would like to watch all of them right now. Okay. So this week we started with Gilmore Girls Season 2 Episode 1, Sadie Sadie. Brian, why don't you tell everybody what happened on this episode? This episode essentially resolves what happened in the season finale. Lorelai is trying to decide whether or not she wants to marry Max Medina, and Rory and Dean are back together, but there's a complication Richard doesn't like Dean. Mm-mm. He's worried that Dean's going to do to Rory what Christopher did to Lorelai. Yeah. The show opens with Lorelai and Rory talking about the wedding possibility. But of course, Lorelai doesn't want to talk about it. Rory decides to visit Lane, who tells her that she's getting shipped off to Korea. Her mom is sending her there on a one-way ticket for the summer, at least. But Lane suspects for forever. Rory's like, oh my gosh, um, I don't really care that much. She does say at some point in the episode that she really will miss her, but yeah, it's it's kind of just a, a very light lane story to have something to distract us from the Lorelai story occasionally. Lorelai doesn't want to think about the proposal, but then she walks past a newsstand. First time we've ever seen this newsstand. It's run by a man named Bootsy, and it's the guy that plays Jackie in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She sees a wedding magazine, a ton of wedding magazines. Honestly, are there that many at one of those magazine racks? Maybe. Like, honestly, like half that wall is wedding magazine. This is like pre-Pinterest. That's true. And Rory comes by and is like, hey, I'll buy that for you. So she drops $6 on a magazine. Oh, my God. (laughs) There's flowers everywhere, all over the town from the season finale. I guess she just gave them to everybody in the town. It's pretty. It's kind of fun that everyone's got one. Uh, Miss Patty shows up, and she's got, like, a whole, like, thing around her neck full of these. And she's like, are you going to tell Luke? Miss Pam? No, you said it right before. (laughs) Miss Pamela? Patty. Miss Patty. Oh, no. Miss Patty's like, you got to tell Luke. And Lorelai's like, we're just friends. And Patty's like eye-rolling, like looks directly at the audience almost like, yeah, we know. We know what's going on with you and Luke. You're not just putting pickles on a shelf. And she tells everybody. 
like within two seconds. So the whole town is just following Lorelai as she goes to tell Luke that she got proposed to. It's beyond absurd. It's fine, you know, it's kind of funny, but really it's like this is insane and these people are not well. It's beautiful, though, with the daisies bobbing behind them as they're walking to Luke's. Yeah, I know, it's a whole thing and we have to accept this universe for what it is, but they're all just like crowded outside uh, of the diner, literally just like stuck up against the windows. Everyone's trying to look in. So she goes and tells Luke. Apparently Luke's secret coffee is just Hill's brothers and however much he wants to put in. Yeah, and he's just like slowly kind of like shaking it out. I don't know. It's like use a scoop, man, or or pour it right. <laughs> it's the best coffee in town. It's different every time. Yeah, it's a surprise. Here's the big surprise. Luke doesn't care that she's getting married. Mm. He takes it really well, which mm. is weird for Luke. But of course, then he starts saying stuff like, well, I guess you'll have to figure out where to live. Have you thought about that? Hmm? Clearly, he's not happy about it. Yeah, he's like, you're going to have kids? You're going to work when you have kids. And, you know, he's clearly telling her he isn't fine with this. But, like, really, she should maybe have talked about some of these things with Max. I don't know that she picks up on the fact that he's not cool with it, though. I feel like she thinks he doesn't care. Maybe, but I think he cares. Yeah, I think the audience is supposed to think that he cares. But, like I said, she should know some of these things. This proposal, let's talk about it for a second. Obviously, she hasn't thought it through. I mean, you can't blame her. She just got proposed to the day before. True. But I feel like if you don't know after a day whether or not you want to get married to this person, like, maybe you shouldn't get married to them. Yeah. Maybe she should have said to him, like, hey, you know, I'm into you, but, like, we need to think about it. I get that he wants to fix their problems with that marriage, but that's sort of what I call a red flag. Then it's time for Friday night dinner, and Emily is in a great mood, super good mood. Wonder why? Well, it's because Rory turns out she's top 3% of her class. It could also be because they got a whole new house. <laughs> yeah, there's like a stairwell suddenly. <laughs> the set is like a little bit different in this episode. Yeah, the stairs like come into the living room. I think the dining room is a little different too. I think Emily's hair is also a little different. Maybe. I liked it. Oh, in like a romantic way? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's a MILF. I'm sorry. She's a Gilf. A Gilmore? A Gilmore, I'd like to find. <laughs> oh, you meant grandma. I did. <laughs> yeah, she's very excited that Roy's in the 3%, and she's like, we're going to have a special dinner for you next week, and you can bring whoever you want. Everyone's in a great mood. Richard's in a great mood. Then Lorelai totally checks out, and it's just like looking at her finger about what it would look like to have like a wedding ring on. She's distracted by all that stuff Luke said, and he got in her head. But she seems very into it, and so she calls Max, and she's like, here's all my list of grievances, and he's all like, okay, calm down, which is like his main line to her, mm -hmm. and then she decides she wants to marry him. Yes. We don't see that, but then she like comes in and tells Rory with her eyes, and they jump up and down. And they don't tell Emily or Richard, which is so weird and also rude, like, to get up and jump around and, like, squeal like little piggies and then not explain what just happened. Yeah. There was a funny line when... Lorelai was out on the phone. Richard was talking about some kid's head that is shaped like a football. And Emily's like, no, it's not. But she was just so delighted by it. Oh, she was pretty funny in this episode. Yeah. And it's also fun to see them in good mood. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. they rarely are. But anyway, cut to Lane is still getting sent to Korea. Mm -hmm. We just check in with her as like a transitions between scenes. Still happening. At the end, Lorelai tells Suki what's going on with the wedding. And Suki's super excited about it. And they talk about it when Fruit Guy comes in. Sam? Fruit Guy? No. S fruit Guy? Mm-hmm. Fruit Guy? Mm-hmm. Gerald? No. Fruit Guy? No. Squeak? 
It's Squeak. Yep. <laughs> Squeak and his old buddy Rune. <laughs> it's not a buddy. It's his cousin Rune. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to remember Rune forever. And he was in two episodes. Fruit guy. I, it's not Sam? No. He looks like a Sam. Is it also Lorelai? No. It's Jackson. Jackson. Sam Jackson. That's what I was thinking. Right. He comes in and they start talking about wedding stuff and he gets all like, I gotta go. And I actually didn't like this line either because Lorelai just spells out like, oh, I guess he's feeling a little uncomfortable because he thinks that you might start to think about getting married and that makes him get all. I agree. I, I didn't think it needed to be spelled out. That kind of made me sad. Because I was like, we, we get what's wrong with Jackson immediately. Yeah. I was like, did some test audience not figure it out? <laughs> I think we should point out that Sugi got really emotional when Lorelai told her that mm-hmm. she got proposed to. Yeah. She's just like so happy for her because she deserves this from raising her kid, blah, blah, blah. She does need to make sure that it is Max that proposed <laughs> because Lorelai has so many men following her around all the time. Proposing. Yeah. Uh, but that was nice. And she does point out she, that, you know, she's a good mom and stuff, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Maybe telling Suki wasn't the best idea. More on that later. Back at home, Max calls and he wants to talk about what kind of ring he should get Lorelai. He wants to discuss this with Rory, which is, I don't know, describing a ring over the phone, I feel like, isn't a best way to describe a ring? I don't know. I mean, you got to remember this is pre-cell phones where we can just easily send pictures. He had photos taken, though. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, why don't you show those to Rory? Yeah, maybe like at school he could have done it the next day. But I mean, otherwise, no, we're not in school right now. School, I think, is maybe over. Yeah, but he could, like, drive and meet Rory somewhere. I think it's, like, I would rather be, like, this is what your mom wants, right? As as opposed to, oops, I really didn't describe this well. There was an elephant on it. I should have said that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, describing it doesn't really do much justice to a ring, I suppose. Specifically because he took photos of it. It's like, you already did half the work. But Rory is not alone. Lorelai's right next to her. And once we get to the third ring description, Lorelai really likes that one and starts acting like a dog. <laughs> But Max figures out that she's there. Also, um, Lorelai has glasses, I guess. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, I don't dislike them. It's just like, oh, this is the first time I've seen you in these. Ding dong. Adult Dean shows up. (laughs) Dean got really hot in what was supposed to be one day. Yeah, the the summer has not passed. This is like the next day after they get back together and he got a haircut. He got super tan. Brian seems to think he got taller. Dude did. He got taller. He got buffer. It's honestly like they cast him because they did like one of those like, let's do an age progression. What's this actor going to look like in one year? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Put him on the show now. I noticed the actor got added to the opening credits. I wonder if they were going to maybe write him out of the show and then he got super hot and they're like, well, they'll never believe that Rory would break up with him. Yeah, no joke. Yeah, him showing up was like that season of Friends it was like like season seven or eight or even nine of Friends where they're like at a resort and it like it's a cliffhanger. And the next season starts immediately where the previous season left off. But everybody is much tanner and much thinner. It's like this is not the next day. Or like the next moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are all things that happened before Hollywood new Netflix would be a thing. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So Lorelai talks to Dean. She's like, oh, my God, Dean, I miss you so much. She was very close to him. I was like, are you going to make out with Dean? I get why you want to. He's a man now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's probably going to propose to you in about one episode. Oh, yeah. She doesn't apologize for like berating him in public for something he didn't do. No, and he doesn't like call her on that or act weird around her. He's just like happy to see her too. 
Yeah, it's weird. That was literally like the last confrontation they had. You'd think it would be uncomfortable between them. Yeah. You'd think she'd have a little bit of an olive branch. I mean, she does. She's like, we missed you. But I mean, I would have been like, I'm sorry I yelled at you at your work. (laughs) But she's like, we missed you. We really missed you. And it seems sexy. Come here, you man. But she just wants him to do chores. Which is weird because she could get Luke to do any kind of housework. All she has to do is get him in a relationship that's with someone besides her. Good one. Thank you. I mean, that's a really good one, yeah. So Rory's like, hey, Dean, um, now that you have um, the right to vote and can get booze, Dean, will you come meet my grandparents? He definitely does not want to. The same way he didn't want to go to that dance with her. And maybe he shouldn't have. Bad things happened. Yeah, I know, right? Maybe he's got like a sixth sense for this kind of stuff. He should, ooh, like Quark. Quark has a sixth sense? Principal Quark. Oh, yeah, we'll yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, he should just never go anywhere that Rory invites him to. But she's all like, it means a lot to me. Would you do it? And he's like, yeah, I'll do it. And so she, he's going to go. But it turns out he was right. They show up immediately. Emily's like, what's this boy doing here? I'm upset. But Lorelai's all like, you better keep it in check, Emily. With her eyes. Lots of eye talking in this episode. I mean, she also says, it's nice to see you. Nice. As if she's telling her to get down like a dog. Down, Emily. Sit. But Emily actually listens and is like, okay, I'll be nice. Dean can't shut up about how huge the house is. Yeah, probably because he saw it in the first season uh, and was like, it's not that big. Oh, and the maid has made it two weeks. The same maid was at both Friday night dinners. Good for Antonia. Dean feels uncomfortable because he really wants to put on a good impression. And Lorelai asks him if he wants a beer and he gets so uncomfortable, but it's all a joke and everyone's laughing. I don't know why Lorelai would do that to him. (laughs) Yeah, he was so mean. He was so nervous and she made it worse. But then Rory makes a joke that she wants a beer and like Emily cackles at that. They're all getting along, which is weird for yeah. the show. And Richard's coming back. And you know Richard, generally, he's the nicest one there. But not today. He sees Dean and is like, no way. Oh, yeah. He judged him immediately based on, I don't know what, his weird necklace. He smells like he makes cars. <laughs> I just almost want to be like, Richard, you should have seen him yesterday, man. Yeah. Yesterday, the dude was greasier, shorter, and had no tan at all. It is funny because Dean says, like, should we do the beer thing again? Yeah, because the beer thing was a hit. Everyone loved the beer bit, but I don't I don't think Richard would be on board. And Lorelai agrees. Kind of reminds me if you do something funny around your parents and people laugh and then someone shows up and they're like, do the thing again. It's mm-hmm. like, well, it's, it's not, you can't really recreate that. Dinner's awkward. The maid's off making Twinkies for dessert. That was funny, too. Rory likes Twinkies. But Richard just starts saying stuff like, what's your GPA, buddy? What do you want to do with your life, buddy? Huh, pal? You're not good enough for my granddaughter. Which is absurd. Like, I get maybe asking leading questions about, like, what he wants to do. But when he's just like, what kind of grades do you get? I'm like, who asked that question? And then it was funny when he said he gets a mixture of A's and B's. And Richard was like, what's the ratio? (laughs) Yeah. It was a lot, though. And then when Rory asked him to stop, he, like, gets on a huff and puff about essentially, like, Rory's too good for you. And so Rory is like, well, I'm leaving. Yeah, Rory stood up to him. And Richard did not like that. He was like, don't talk to me that way. Laura, like, kept trying to diffuse it, and Rory was like, help, with her eyes. Again, a lot of eye-talking. Yeah. And it was funny when they storm off, and Lorelai turns to Emily and like, is, shouldn't that be us? Mm-hmm. So they go home. Rory's like, please don't be upset, Dean. And Dean's all like, uh, I'm starting to have emotions now as an adult, so I, I have to go. He keeps saying he's fine, though. Clearly not, though. Right. Same with Luke. But I feel bad for Dean. Just like everyone in the Gilmore family is just berating him a lot of the time. Yeah. I mean, even Rory called him an idiot when she told him she loved him last season. Give Dean a break. He pushed Tristan. I like him. (laughs) He really hasn't done anything wrong other than being like, 
I don't know, sort of disrespectful to authority, but he hasn't really done anything crazy, right? Rory's like pissed at Richard. She's just pointing out all his flaws and Lorelai's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can see where he's coming from, right? Which is kind of nice. She's explaining like he just sees what happened to me and is afraid that that's going to happen to you. She says that she can tell that Richard loves her more than anything in the whole world. Lorelai in the scene also says that she has a porn star t-shirt, just like Xander. Well, when it said porn star t-shirt, I didn't know if she had a t-shirt that said porn star on it or if she just had a t-shirt that was like real low cut. Oh, that's a good point. Then we get one final call from Lane, who has a comically large suitcase. Actually, it was very funny. (laughs) Very good visual joke. It's slightly smaller than her. Slightly. But she could definitely fit it. If you really tried, you could get a couple lanes in there. Oh, her and Rory could definitely fit in there. And maybe Lorelai. And Rory, again, is like, oh, well, that sucks, I guess. Um... (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of dealing with some stuff now, so let me know when you're back. Meanwhile, at Emily and Richard's place, Richard is super pissed still about what happened, and he's not going to calm down, and Emily can't make him. But Emily gets a phone call from Suki, who just has a question about preparing for the wedding, which, of course, Emily doesn't know anything about. Should Suki have done this? This is why I think it was important that they set up how excited she was for Lorelai, because I think she, like got a little carried away and started planning a shower and didn't really think about the fact that maybe Lorelai hadn't told her mom. Mm-hmm. I see. So I know, I don't think maybe Suki should have done this, knowing Lorelai's relationship with her mom, but I think they justified why she maybe didn't think about it. Yeah. I could see that. She's also clumsy and like makes mistakes all the time. So Yeah, she, I think, was like hurting herself while she was on the phone. <laughs> yeah, she did. She like burned her hand or something. But maybe she should have gone through Rory to get to the grandparents. Yeah. Suki's heart was in the right place, though. I also think it's kind of crazy that Lorelai didn't tell her parents. Yeah. Again, I know that's sort of the show, and maybe we'll get an explanation for why she didn't later. Yeah. But it's still a little weird. Emily goes in to talk to Richard. And she's like, you're going to apologize. She's like, I will not. She's like, you will. Our daughter's getting married, and she didn't tell us, and I don't want our granddaughter to keep her marriage from us when she gets married. And that shuts Richard up. Oof. That was hurtful. Yeah. I felt bad for Emily. Yeah. Which is... Never a place you want to be in. You never want to feel bad for Emily. I like to feel bad for Emily. She's done some bad stuff. Yeah, but I think she just has a really small mind. She only knows how she grew up. Sure, sure. Lorelai and Max are having a ball on the porch. Max gives her the ring that she wanted when she was a dog, but it's a little too big. He tells her he's going to get it sized, but she's like, no, no, I just want to look at it for a little while. And then she says, I'm getting married. And then that's the end of the show. The end. I'm glad they really get Dean back for this one episode. He's just going to be huge in the next one. He's not going to fit on the screen. So stays. Yeah. Do you think this was a good episode of Gilmore Girls? I do. I liked it. I think it was great. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I felt it was pretty good. I think it had some solid jokes in it. Yeah. It made me laugh a lot. There was a lot of really funny stuff. Yeah. There was, you know, over-the-top stuff. But like you said, I think we just need to accept that this is what that world is, especially mm-hmm. this town. I don't know. I didn't super buy Richard's attitude, personally. That scene ruined ruined a little bit for me. But um, It did seem a little bit like, whoa, why are you so grumpy? Even Emily's being cool. But it does make sense that he would have those thoughts. But I do feel like he would be a little more tactful. Yeah, I feel like he would share these thoughts with Emily slash Lorelai, not like, hey, dude, screw you. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll learn more about Rich's character as we go on. Maybe that is just who he is, but uh, it doesn't seem like he would do that. Sure. But you're right. It was very funny. And as much as I've pulled this episode apart at times, it, it made me laugh quite a few times. And now for a special segment we like to call Meanwhile Uncharted. Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us have seen. But we are going to discuss it anyway. Based only on its IMDb summaries. 
We actually had a special guest this week who joined us to give his thoughts on Charmed. Here's what he had to say. So uh, we're here with my dad who uh, we're call- is calling in. He's an expert on Charmed. Dad, how many episodes of Charmed do you think you've seen? Maybe one or two. Maybe one or two. Well, that's oh, more than we have. Yeah, then he's a big expert. He's an expert as far as we're concerned. So uh, what can you tell us about Charm, Dad? Like, what do you know about it? Uh, they they have these teens that are uh, really like witches. Yeah. Teens? They're, like witches, They're yeah. teens. They're age yeah. Okay. And uh, what kind of dog was in it? Uh, we're just trying to figure out what kind of dog Leo is. Well, Leo is a Volterrier, in case you didn't know. Oh. Okay. I was picturing something bigger. I was picturing something smaller. So, okay, really? that really clears that up for us. Uh, yeah. I mean, you guys should have, should have figured that one out by now. Yeah. Anything else about the show you can tell us? Well, they're always up to some shenanigans as far as, uh, yeah, should we or shouldn't we use our powers to uh, alleviate a situation? Yeah. So that's part of the whole rub of figuring out if they should use them or when they should use them or does that get them in more trouble when they use their powers? So sometimes it does get them in more trouble? Well, it might create more complications. Do you have an example of a, a complication? This one person was um, being mean to them, and they were trying to figure out a way that they could teach that person a lesson. Okay. Yeah, how did they change the scenario and not make it look like magic? Because they didn't want some people to know they had magical powers. Oh, it's a secret. Got it. All right. Do you think it's a good show? Well, obviously, if you like science fiction and fantasy, I'm sure that that was a good show. It wasn't something that I decided that I was going to follow because I think it was more of a, a chick series. Um, I just watched it because there was nothing else on at the time, and I thought, oh, this looks interesting. Cool. All right. That probably, uh, that's all we need right now. I don't know that he knew what he was talking about with that dog stuff. No. Yeah, that might not have been a Leo-centric episode he saw. Who knows? Yeah, maybe it was just a different dog. That's not my Leo. No. Let's talk about the season opener of Charmed. Sure. Meanwhile, on Charmed Season 2, Episode 1, Witch Trial, the sisters face a demon named Abraxas, who steals the Book of Shadows and undoes some of the spells they've cast, in reverse order, releasing old vanquished enemies of the Charmed Ones. So they just, like, undo everything that happened in Season 1? Is this, like, a soft reboot of the show? Maybe. They're just kind of like, uh, yeah, we didn't like some of this stuff. That improv episode was real weird. Again, the Book of Shadows is a weight loss cookbook, so I don't get what the big deal is. I guess it's got spells in it now. Yeah, I mean, they probably don't have, like, a ton of paper around the house, so they're just, like, writing spells down when they learn them in their cookbook. That's probably why Piper keeps getting spells wrong. She's all like, Alakazam, Alakazebra, Alaka Broccoli Cheddar. It's confusing. They should really just get a separate book for their spells. So I think in this episode, they just have to redefeat all of their nemesis. So how do you say nemesis is plural? Nemini? Nemesis. Nemesis and I. I just hope they beat the Grimlock. I think they will. They know how now. I bet that like one of the sisters did this on purpose so that Piper could get better at magic. It's like training wheels for her. Like a trial? Yes. Mm, that's probably what it is. They're like, okay, these will be easy spells because she's kind of already done them. Maybe that'll like help her practice magic. Once you know how to fight a Wendigo, I mean, you just do it again. Yeah. Once you know how to beat a Grimlock, just do it again. Yeah. Once you know that you shouldn't date a dog man, you don't do it again. Yeah. Piper's going to do it again. Yeah. But I think maybe at the end of this, Piper's a little better at magic and they revanquish their enemies. We'll find out. And hopefully they get their cookbook back. Yeah, I hope so too. This has been... Meanwhile, on Charmed. We also watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 2, Episode 1, When She Was Bad. Stacey, what happened? Okay, so we're back after summer break. Buffy's been gone for the summer. 
Buffy comes back and she's in a terrible mood. The anointed one has rallied a gang of vampires to bring the master back from the dead. And Buffy has to fight a bunch of vampires and deal with her angsty feelings. And then we're all better. Yeah, great. That's what happened. So it starts with Willow and Xander taking a walk at night. They're quoting movies. They're being a little flirty. Mm-hmm. They mention that there have been no vampires this summer. And they're wondering, like, when's Buffy getting back? She's been out of town spending time with her dad all summer. And Willow's all like, you want to know because you're in love with her. And he's like, no, I'm not. Yeah, it seems like he's not over Buffy. Except that maybe he's a little into Willow because they almost kiss. Yeah, Willow gets ice cream on her nose and Xander like goes to clean it off with his mouth, I guess. And they almost kiss and it's like really romantic. But then, vampire, right there, right next to them. Suddenly, Buffy's back and she deals with the vampire. Cut to opening song. Everyone's got new hair. Buffy, Xander. Xander. But unlike Gilmore Girls, uh, more than a day has passed. Yes, it makes sense that they got haircuts. Yeah, they didn't go to sleep and then wake up with new dues. They should be way more shaken than they are, especially since they thought vampires were maybe gone forever. They're very lucky that Buffy just happened to get home right when the new vampire showed up and that their friend is a vampire slayer. Yeah, she's like, you guys are getting sloppy. You're not even carrying a cross. I would carry a cross every single place I went for the rest of my life if I knew one vampire was real. Yeah. They tell her that this summer they buried the master with Giles. They wore robes. That sounds fun and culty and weird. Yeah, but you can tell something's a little off with Buffy. She's like, I'll talk to Giles later. I don't need to check in with Giles. Yeah, and they ask if she's seen Giles yet. But I'm like, when? She just got back. Like, her dad dropped her off and she killed this vampire for you. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Buffy seems distant. And in fact, her dad specifically says that she seems distant. Mm-hmm. Her mom and her dad have a conversation, and her dad bought her a whole bunch of clothes to make her not seem so distant, but she's distant. It's so weird seeing her dad not spend 20 minutes telling her why she's the worst child. <laughs> I know. So we're back at school. Cordelia's back. She's so fucking old. <laughs> I'm sorry. They like try to hide it with makeup, but I'm like, you're 32. You're done with high school. Yeah. Uh, it's fun, though. I thought this was a really funny scene between Giles and Miss Calendar and Snyder. Sorry, Quark. Yeah, Giles and Quark are catching up. Quark clearly hates teenagers so much. Yeah, that line was funny. He just kind of mumbles to himself about how much he hates them and no one's really listening. Because Miss Calendar appears and she fucks Giles up. He is like, oh my God, a woman. I've been alone with my books all summer. I can't believe boobs are here. <laughs> and she's had an extreme summer. She went to Burning Man. She lists all the things she saw there, like she's Stefan in SNL. It had everything. <laughs> Pagan rituals, techno-paganism, <laughs> demons getting cast into the internet. <laughs> That's everything I know about Miss Calendar. Xander and Willow are just, like, so pumped to see Giles. Not Buffy so much. They tell him about the vampire they saw last night, and Giles is like, oh, I'll have to consult my books. And Xander wins some kind of bet that he made that Giles was going to say that, like, within the first five seconds of seeing him. Buffy, again, is distant. She's weird around Giles. Like, she's going to help him with the vampires, but it's, like, clear she wants this to be, like, a business-only relationship. And it also seems clear that, like, Xander and Willow and Giles have had sleepovers all summer. (laughs) They're, like, best friends now. Yeah. Which makes sense, I feel like. If you save the world together, you'd probably be close. Yeah. Then there's a training montage, like Rocky style, where Buffy's just like punching shit in the library and she's having like flashbacks of the master. Flash dances of the master. Mm. I actually hated this scene. I have to say this about Buffy. I love this show. I do. I absolutely love it. And I feel bad saying this, okay? But I I feel like I have to almost. Now that we have seen movies like John Wick, 
or the Born Identity series or The Matrix. Watching shows that have stunt doubles do like the majority of the action, it's just like really jarring. Like watching Buffy doing this training montage, I'm like, that's not Buffy, that's not Buffy, that's not Buffy, mm-hmm. that's not Buffy. And like some of the scenes, I'm like, Buff- Sarah Michelle Gellar could have done that. Yeah, but- I, I noticed that one time specifically too. I didn't mention it, but I was like, that doesn't look like her, but I feel like it could be because there's no way she couldn't have just like kicked a little bit. Yeah, like, I get she can't do the flips. I get she can't do the kicks. I understand that. But, like, this was just, like, punching really hard. Like, she could just do that. And listen, I get that this was a different time. And I get that, like, John Wick and Born Identity are, like, very intense, unique movies, you know? But it's just it's just jarring to go back to this trope. Keanu Reeves should have played Buffy. Yeah, that's what I've been saying. And actually, he does stunt double for her. You can see it in several, several <laughs> of the scenes. We see that the anointed one has started some kind of vampire cult and they're plotting something. Just a brief, brief scene, like Lane going to Korea. We don't care about that yet. There's a scene at school where they're talking about dreams. Willow accidentally mentions that she had some kind of sexy dream about Xander. Then Giles comes in and tries to kill Buffy. This scene was awesome. Xander and Willow do not care. Nope. They keep eating their snacks. But it's not Giles. It's the master. And surprise, surprise, it's a dream. Buffy wakes up in her bedroom, and Angel is just there in her room, watching her sleep. She's all like eye roll at him, and it's like, this is weird. Yeah, does he do that just every night? She didn't seem that bothered by it. I get that he has to show up at night, but like, it's weird to just like come into your bedroom through the window and hang out. And it's weird to be into a child when you're a man in your hundreds. Yeah, like, sure, you could date Cordelia. She's a full-blown adult, but that is it. <laughs> She's a gilf. He tells her that the anointed one is gaining followers, and then he says he missed her, and she's like, whatever, but then she says she misses him too, but he doesn't hear her because he's gone, and then a really sad song plays in Buffy's head for like five minutes. A lot of music in this episode. That's like the first of three songs that plays for a really long time. Mm -hmm. The next day, she tells her friends about Angel. Willow says something like, oh, he visited you? Was it having to do with kissing? (laughs) What? Willow's new to English, uh, let alone romance. Buffy's like, not everything's about kissing, and Xander's like, yeah, some stuff's about groping. Good old Xander. And then they mention that there's some band playing at the Bronze, and Xander's like, we should attend. And at this point, I'm thinking that the twist in this episode is going to be that Xander and Willow are robots, because they have forgotten how to speak. (laughs) Like, what is this dialogue? Why are they both talking like idiots? And then Cordelia's coming over, and she's all like, oh my god, you remember those vampires? They're like, whoa, whoa, we don't talk about that. And then she says, oh, I wouldn't tell anybody that I hung out with you losers for a weekend. None of this makes any sense. Number one, okay? Nobody at the school was aware of the vampire army that showed up. Like, nobody. No one knows about the library being, like, torn in two. Like, nobody figured that out. But then also... I'm not going to tell anyone I had to hang out with you losers. Yeah, I'm sorry. If I saw a demon, I would tell every person I ever met. Yeah, I mean, forget, she doesn't have to tell them she hung out with them. She definitely would tell someone that she saw demons and vampires. And she acts like she wouldn't tell and they don't need to worry. But she's also like a huge gossip. Yeah, that's crazy. This demon is going to drag you to hell for eternal fiery damnation. Well, I don't want to tell anyone about that because I might be embarrassed. And even Cordelia agrees that something's up with Buffy. She's distant. Cordy can tell. That night at the bronze, things get interesting. Willow's trying to create the ice cream moment on her nose, but Xander's not into that anymore. He's not paying attention because, yeah, he's still in love with Buffy. Meanwhile, the vampires are digging up the master. The anointed one is there wearing a little black turtleneck. Okay, little Steve Jobs, what are you doing? Yeah, he totally looks like a little Steve Jobs. 
And Buffy shows up to the bronze looking real sexy. Like, they've made it a point to be like, look how sexy she is, America. And she goes up to Xander and she's like, you want to dance? Which, of course, he does. Because in the season finale, he says that he wanted to dance with her, you know, like as a couple. Angel's there and he's all like, why don't you love me? I need to learn to act. So we need to have more scenes together. Yeah, he's really not good. At least at this point. He delivers every line like the same tone. But yeah, Buffy gives him the cold shoulder and does this like real long, sexy dance, long song number two of the show to seduce Xander. It's it's so weird. And you can even tell that Xander's like, this can't be real. I mean, I think it's to make Angel feel uncomfortable and like jealous. But it's also not nice to Xander and Willow. Yeah, agreed. I like this episode except for Buffy. Her being angsty was annoying. Yeah. And this part's just mean. Like, I get why she's mad at maybe Giles and Angel. I don't really get why she's got to take anything out on Xander and Willow. Right, yeah. Because then she's like, oh, did I ever thank you for saving my life? Wouldn't you like it if I did? And this whole thing's probably making Willow super sad. So it, it was really mean and weird. Yeah, and just, I, yeah, it was it was weird. Cordelia confronts her outside and is like, hey, stop being such a bitch. That's kind of my thing. But then she gets kidnapped by vampires and they take her to some secret place where Miss Calendar is. Buffy goes to the Grace, sees that the master isn't there. Oh no. At school the next day, they're trying to figure out what's wrong with Buffy. They think she's maybe possessed, but Giles is like, no, I think it's just like PTSD from the whole like dying thing and the master and all that. Which I guess is what it is. Yeah, listen to Giles, guys. Buffy comes in to tell him that the vampires have unburied the master and that they're going to try to bring him back to life. Quark is like, get back to class, get back to work. I hate teenagers. I've got a sixth sense for when they're up to nonsense. I can smell it. And Giles is like, no, that's just one of the five senses. Also very funny. (laughs) He reminds Giles that he does not trust Buffy. We're like, we know. You hate all teenagers, especially her. So many scenes today of Quark, Mr. Snyder, like looking away from Giles while he mocks him. Uh (laughs) Sort of delivering a line to the wall. And then he's like, you have faith in them. Weird. Yeah, that was funny too. A rock gets thrown through the library window with a message on it saying that they've got Cordelia and like everyone's trying to tell Buffy this is a trap. And she's like, I don't need you guys. I'm sick of having to protect you and fight vampires. I'm done with you. She's better off on her own. But it is a trap because Giles finds out that the vampires are trying to get to whoever's closest to the master. And Buffy thought it was her because she was like mentally and emotionally sort of close to the master there at the end. But it was physical. So the vampires are actually there for Giles and Willow. And they already have Cordelia and Miss Calendar because they were all like fighting the demon. In the last episode? And they just punch Xander? I don't know why they don't eat Xander. Seems like they would just eat him. Angel's trying to stop Buffy. She's like challenges him. Kick my ass. But he follows her. They find not Cordelia. It's like a decoy vampire. I don't really understand the point here. Like, I don't know that they need a vampire to like let Buffy know that she made a mistake. I feel like that sort of is jeopardizing your plan. But also, this vampire is just like lazily like, maybe I'll attack you. I don't know. Like, what? What is this vampire's plan other than to get killed? So Buffy heads to the library to find her friends after she figures out it was a trap. She realizes that they got Giles and Willow. Xander's like, if they hurt Willow, I'll kill you. Oh, does he love her? What's going on? Xander 100% loves Willow, but I don't know that it's always romantic. Hmm. I did say I don't know that it's always romantic. But then Buffy goes back and interrogates the lady vampire by sticking a cross in her mouth. I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really dark and cool. I like that. Good job, TV. Yeah, good job, TV. And then we see 
Miss Calendar and Cordelia and Giles and Willow all hanging upside down over the master's bones. I don't know what they're going to do to them. Cut their necks off and bleed them into the master's bones? Some kind of ritual is about to happen. Yeah, I'm guessing it's like in Lovecraft country. They're like sacrifices, they say. Yeah. Buffy says she's going to kill all the vampires. The anointed one scamp scampers away. And then she does. She kills all the vampires. Mm -hmm. Angel goes full vampire. Him and Xander save the gang. And then Buffy smashes the master's bones with a sledgehammer. She goes a little psycho. But I guess that's what she needed. And then the next day, she's all worried about it. She's like, oh, man, oof. are they going to treat me okay? I was so mean. I can't face my friends. And Giles is like, well, you have to. Cordelia's just worried about the stains on her outfit. But then they're fine. She sits next to her friends, and they're all just cracking jokes again. And then we have another really long song. Yep. It's like a happy commercial jingle that just (laughs) plays as the camera circles around them talking and laughing. Yeah. And the final scene is the anointed one realizing his plan has failed. And he says, I hate that girl. So that's it. Brian, was this a good episode of Buffy? Yeah, it was. I think it was it was cool because we got to see some, like the torture thing with the vampire was cool. We also, a lot of emotional stuff was kind of stirred up. Her dancing with Xander, like, yeah, I don't know that it 100% makes sense with the story, but it definitely was just like burning some emotional coals here, fanning some flames. But also, more importantly to me, was Xander's like care for Willow was really showcased in this episode. Like, he really cares about her. Yeah. Whether or not it's romantic is yet to be seen, but definitely he cares about her. Also, I thought it was very funny. All the scenes with Snyder were really funny. It was funny. It was a funny episode. And I'm kind of excited to see what happens between Giles and Miss Calendar. Me too. She seems like out of his league, but also like a big, big dork, so. Wait till you meet the Ripper. I mean, we've picked apart some stuff in it that didn't make sense, but that's most of these shows both have stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's why we're here. These are good shows, and we're here to make fun of the things that aren't quite perfect. I do want to mention something about this show that was really funny for me, this episode. As you guys know, I was really into season one of Buffy. I re-watched a bunch of episodes, got really excited for season two. Uh, My parents were going to take me to their friend's house. I don't remember why I was going, but they were like a very conservative, kind of like religious, like friend's house. I don't know why I couldn't stay home. I really don't know why i had to go with him and i was like okay i'm gonna go but i'm gonna watch the show buffy and they were like sure you can watch the show also i borrowed a movie from a friend of mine it was a zombie movie i go over to this house i watch buffy they look uncomfortable for most of buffy it's a pretty violent episode and then after that i pop in this zombie movie it's called uh the dead next door if you want to google it very gory uh you could just hear their like jaws drop on the table (laughs) And you're like 13, so you're not like an adult child at all. No, no. I don't think my parents had any idea what I was going to be putting into that VCR. Was it your dick? Uh, Yeah. I just, (laughs) first I was like, I'm so horny from that Buffy dance. I just, (laughs) oh, and you know, the VCR had a little bit of ice cream on it. I was like, I've got to bang this thing. That's the whole story. I also want to mention that you were watching This Is Us. Yes. And apparently they started talking about Buffy. About I know. I had to pause because I was like, I don't know the episode you're talking about. And it was like a minor spoiler. It wasn't a big deal. It was about the episode Hush. But then I guess Stacey Abrams on like Twitter started talking about Buffy with some legit spoilers. So I had to like tell Stacey like, don't. Listen to Stacey Abrams. I sounded like a psycho. He did run into the bedroom this morning while I was still sleeping. <laughs> She's just like in the news lately. So I'm just like running in the bedroom like, don't. Listen to Stacey Abrams on Twitter, whatever you do. <laughs> you're like, Brian, you're getting very political. Just don't listen to her. <laughs> Stacey Abrams, if you're listening to our podcast, which I can only imagine you do, just please put spoiler warnings on your Twitter for my girlfriend's sake. Please, Stacey. Also, please promote our podcast, Stacey Abrams. Oh, yeah. 
So, Stacey, yeah. which episode do you think was better? I knew you were going to ask me this. Well, it's, I do ask it every time. And uh, it's really tough. I, I feel like I know in my heart what the answer is. I'm not going to be offended when you say the wrong one. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think both episodes had flaws where one character was just being so unreasonably angsty, Buffy and Richard, which made things kind of upsetting. And I would think maybe Buffy is a better episode, but the bad part of it was like such a bigger part of it. Mm-hmm. Where in Gilmore Girls, it was also a really good episode, but the Richard angsty part was kind of small and I thought more justified, even though he dealt with it poorly. Mm-hmm. So I'm stalling. I still don't know. Okay. Well, I'll tell you that I think Buffy was a better episode. I'm going to say Buffy too, because I, I think immediately after watching both, I was like, you know what? I think Buffy was probably better. Yeah. I don't think it was a bad Gilmore I really enjoyed both. They were both very funny. I did too. So we're, we're comparing two things that were both good. So mm. it's not like, oh no, I, Gilmore really let me down. They were both good. This was probably the best episode of Buffy I've seen. Buffy's hair changes a lot. Well, then I take it back. <laughs> I meant like <laughs> Buffy's hair makes it a lot better. She did look older. She looked like a woman. She also wasn't walking around with like a lollipop in her mouth. Like the first season, mm-hmm. she's like got like a sucker a lot. I don't know if Joss was like, here, this will make you look like a kid. Same with Willow and her Kool-Aid. Yeah, I know. It's just like, is Xander going to be carrying around a Blue's Clues lunchbox? Like, we so. get it. They're kids. <laughs> I think that's it, right? Yeah, I liked both. I'm really excited for both season twos. Me too. We're in for such a treat. I'm so glad we're doing this. Me too. We would love to hear your thoughts about either or both of these episodes. Which one did you think was better? Do you think it was weird that Angel just like popped into Buffy's window in the middle of the night? Or did you wish that Angel would pop into your window? Do you ship Xander and Willow? Do you ship Xander and Buffy? Do you ship Quark and Lorelai? I'd watch that. That sounded like I would watch a porno. And and you would. <laughs> Let us know what you think. You can reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, at Gilmore Slayer. Also follow us at Brian and Stacy. That's Brian with a Y, Stacy with an E-Y. Or send us an email at brianandstacyreviews at gmail.com. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy, where we review things. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. If you do, we'll give you a shout-out on our podcast. If you want to watch along with us next week, we'll be watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 2, Some Assembly Required. As well as Gilmore Girls Season 2, Episode 2, Hammers and Veils. My prediction is Luke's going to come over to fix some stuff and he breaks a bunch of the wedding stuff. Oh, that's not the hammers they're talking about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Okay, Tim Allen. Should we do a home improvement podcast? No, I hate that show. That's what it'll be about. How much I hate it? Yeah. Actually, you might be onto something. (laughs) Every episode is about him doing something and his wife's like, hey, can you just please not do that one thing? And he's like, I'm actually going to do it. And then he does it and she's like, why? And he's like, okay, I'm going to apologize in a sweet way. That's every episode. What about, what about, what about uh, a podcast where we watch Home Improvement and we come up with ways to fix each episode to make it better? So it's called Home Improvement Improvement. Uh Love it. We're doing it. See you guys. Bye. Bye.